It was still a Broadway hit. Tickets, extremely hard to get, even five years after it opened. Its story was not associated with high class or luxury. Yet this past weekend, Hamilton helped Disney Plus almost double its downloads. Disney's online streaming service launched Hamilton, the Broadway musical, last Friday with a big splash. Downloads were up almost 80%, which means the $75 million spent to acquire the rights to the hit musical are paying off. Good news, since the holiday weekend is typically huge for the entertainment industry, with cinemas still closed due to COVID-19. Alexander Hamilton yes, from the $10 bill, is an American founding father. But this production is a fast-paced hip-hop musical. Though some were skeptical, everyone who sees it agrees. It's good. Music is a great way to learn and worship. There's one reason we sing to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus And we're in a series this week called Christians You Should Know. I love this series. We do from time to time. Introducing Christians from all different backgrounds and experiences. Some maybe you've heard of, others we meet for the first time. But all of them are special people whom God has called and loved and is using in unique ways. Today, we're going to meet a woman who was abandoned by her mother in Berlin, only to see a wall erected and parse an entire country in half. My grandfather ran to the street. Our dog was barking. I was crying. We could hear bursts of staccato machine guns, the screams of Russian soldiers. That's Belma Vardy explaining that horrific night in 1961 when the Berlin Wall went up. You'll hear more about it and how the Lord is using her broken family life and Cold War experience to minister to others all over the world. And after this program, I'd like to share with you the story of another Christian you should know. Her name is Corrie Ten Boom, and her Christian family helped rescue Jews from the Nazis in World War II. And their story is dramatically told in the radio theater version of The Hiding Place. It's well produced with an original sound score, sound effects, professional actors. As you listen to this three-hour epic, it's like watching a movie in your mind. After the program, call us at 800-654-2836. That's 800 654 2836. Or make your gift online, and when you're there, listen to some excerpts we've put up from this audio drama. Our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now let's open the program. Before we meet a Christian you should know, here's Matthew West and Broken Things. If grace was a kingdom. I stopped at the gate Thinking I don't deserve to pass through After all the mistakes that I've made Oh, but I heard a whisper 
as heaven bent down Said, child, don't you know that the first will be last And the last get a crown Thank you for joining me, Charles Morris, here on Haven Today. Matthew West singing for us, Broken Things. Now, I want you to hear an interview that I did on Zoom with a Christian you should know. Her name is Belle Mavardi. She lives just outside of Toronto. And when we met up last week, I asked her to share her story with me. I was born in Toronto and... My mom didn't want children. My father absolutely adored me. But when I was 26 months old, my mother successfully aborted a baby boy. She got very sick. And when she got out of the hospital, my father said, why don't you go to Germany and stay with your parents for a holiday and recuperate and take Belma with you? And so when my mom got to Germany, she told my grandparents a lie. She said that her and my father were divorced, which wasn't true. And they said, leave Belma with us till you get your life in order. So my mom came back to Toronto without me. And there's my dad at the airport and there's no daughter. Mm. And he sent her back again. And she came back without me. So he went to the chief of police in Toronto, who contacted the chief of police in Berlin, Germany. And to his horror, he discovered that because he was not a German citizen and my mother was, 
he had no legal right over me. And so I ended up living in Germany with my grandparents till I was almost eight. Milma, there's a little twist to your story that people may not realize. You were growing up as a child in West Berlin uh, during the Cold War. Well, let me just start. Um, it was August 1961, and it was two in the morning. We were woken up by just a roar that broke the stillness of the night, and the roar just intensified rapidly. The, there was, it was like lightning split the skies, and we were all suddenly awake. We didn't know what was going on. We jumped out of bed. My grandfather ran to the street. Our dog was barking. I was crying. And there were beams from hovering helicopters. They were illuminating hundreds of people who were stampeding in their pajamas in confused terror past our store. And it just like seemed like screams came from every direction. Um, the people were too terrified to respond. We could hear bursts of staccato machine guns, um, screams of Russian soldiers, on horseback, the, the, the horses pounded the pavement. And my grandparents, they acted very quickly. My grandfather grabbed sheets of plywood. He boarded up our store windows to make it look like no one lived there. My grandmother, who had seen during the war, the soldiers had kidnapped an abused little girl. She grabbed the scissors. She cut my hair really short. I knew she was protecting me. And she dressed me up as a boy and she hid me in the laundry hamper. You know, you were not really sure of what was going on, but I got the impression that down the street, great slabs of concrete were being lowered by helicopter through the middle of houses. And if you were in the back of the house, you were instantly in East Berlin. If you were in the front of the house, you were instantly in what's called West Berlin. So homes and families were ripped apart that night because the ones in the east, their bodies were taken and just thrown on a truck. They were alive. The ones in the west, they jumped out of bed and ran down the street in their pajamas. And that's what we were woken up to. So minutes after I was in the laundry hamper, we heard um, just a big smashing of like heavy boots against our door. And it was the Russians they were trying to get in. And... Um, my grandfather heard them say in Russian, oh, it's all boarded up. Nobody lives here. And they kept going. Mm. So then that's, we, what, that's what saved your family, isn't it? Then Yeah. His foresight to go ahead and board up the windows and make it look like it was deserted. Well, if you just joined us, you're listening to Haven Today. And uh, this is uh, Belma Vardy. Thank you so much for being with us. You're coming to us from Ontario. <laughs> Just tell me, when you saw that wall go up, was there anything going on spiritually uh, as a result of that wall? It was a very dark time. We were in hiding for three weeks, and we were hiding in passageways underneath our house that they used during the Second World War. And after three weeks, my grandmother walked me to school, and I saw the wall for the first time. And there was houses on stilts the russians were there with their guns they had shot people left them hanging in trees they had shot horses were dead on the street there was a terrible stench in the air 
And my grandmother said, keep your head down when you're walking to school because she didn't want them to look into my eyes to see if I was a little girl or not. Mm. We got to school and half the teachers were missing, half the children were missing. They were all in the East. And so it was a very dark, a very fearful, a very scary time. Nothing was the same. It seemed that we emerged into another world. Mm. But it was very dark uh, spiritually. And there was a lot of fear. We were only a half a kilometer from there, but we could see the barbed wire that spiraled up all over across the top. You were afraid to make any moves and you were afraid to say anything. So I learned to just keep quiet and keep my mouth shut. You know, it, it is so interesting because this is the 75th anniversary of the end of, uh, of World War II, but the after effect of the war, the rise of the Soviet Union, and it was tough times, especially in what became East Germany, right? Oh, yes, for sure. We had 47 relatives that were lost. We've never seen them again. We used to get together as a family. There was 50 of us, but all 47 were in the East. Mm. And we, I mean, Berlin was like a war zone. I felt safe in my own little home, but the outside was terrifying. My goodness. You know, there was a time when the Russian soldiers um, burst into the home of a family that we knew, and they forced the children to watch as the soldiers shot and killed the father, and they left him bleeding and dead. Mm -hmm. And the family was just horror-stricken. So mm -hmm. this is the type of atmosphere that it, it was in Berlin at the time when I lived there, it, and you're just always scared, no matter where you are outside of the home. I guess that's what the uh, government ruled by way of instilling fear in all the people, and as a small girl growing up, you were feeling that very personally, weren't you? Yes, hmm. absolutely, and I clung to my grandparents, and every night my grandmother would pray to Jesus with me, and I remember telling her as a little girl, I was six years old. Grandma, I have been born in the wrong time. I should have been born when Jesus was walking on this earth mm. because I, I only want to be here when Jesus is here because he makes me feel safe. My goodness. Well, that's still the truth, isn't it? <laughs> it is. That's for sure. How, how did you get back to Canada after those years when the, the wall went up and there you were in uh, Berlin, right next to it. How did you get home to Canada? My mother got remarried, and her husband put her under pressure and said, if you have a daughter, she should live with us. So she contacted my grandparents and said that they were to bring me back to Canada. So we came over on a boat. It took three weeks. It was the year Kennedy was shot. So I ended up coming to Canada I remember laying my eyes on my mother for the first time. It was like she was a complete stranger to me. But I ended up in Canada, and my grandparents went back to Germany. So that's how I came back. Vilma, just tell us a little bit, coming from such a strange and, and broken family setting, uh, how did you yourself come to know Jesus? My girlfriend told me, about him. She took me to a house church. And when I got there, people were raising their arms, singing. I'd never seen that before. 
when the preacher gave the altar call, I went up and I received Jesus into my heart. That night, the, the message I heard was there was a God who loved me. There was a God who didn't think I was a mistake. He died on the cross for my sins. And I basically ran up to receive him. Mm. And um, I have been sold out ever since. Thelma, you said it. You're sold out for Jesus. What do you spend your time doing now? What are you doing? Well, I've been traveling in ministry for 33 years all over the world. <laughs> I, <laughs> that wasn't my plan, but he sure takes our pain and he uses it for his glory. What I've been doing is I've been teaching people how to use their bodies in therapeutic movement and worship to bring them into deeper intimacy with God and to have them come into a place of freedom. So to let go of their griefs and sorrows and then receive what God has. And I have seen so many miracles of people um, releasing and then getting set free to worship using their bodies before the Lord. Um, since 1995, I've worked with the leaders and elders in the Inuit, Métis, and First Nations communities. I was sharing my story with the chiefs on the reservations, and they could really identify with and relate to the pain. Because when I tell my testimony, they have been to residential school, they've been ripped away from their homes and their loved ones. They've ended up in abusive situations. Everything I experienced that's been a part of my history. Um, because when I left Germany, I ended up living with my mother for seven years in an abusive situation until the Lord pulled me out when I was 16. Mm. So their children were separated from their families and there's such a deep grief and a sadness and a hopelessness among the First Nations people. So that's why the chiefs invite me in to share my story. And it was about 25 years ago, they said, would you please write this in a book for our people? Well, it took me 20 years because I didn't want to write it in a book. I didn't want all my stuff hanging out. And I ended up writing the book called Because God Was There. And I've given away thousands to the reservations because I really feel freely you've received, freely give. And so I've blessed the First Nations people. So I love going into the reservations and working with them. That's great. You're using the word uh, First Nations uh, in the United States, Native Americans. I'm from Oklahoma originally, and I'm Bark Cherokee Indian myself. Well, Belma, time is always short on this program. Let me ask you right now the question that I ask just about everybody that we have on this program for a, an interview. What does Jesus mean to you? Well, it's so hard to put that in words because he's my everything. He means more to me than anybody. I have found complete love in Jesus. I talk to him all day. I cannot get from another human being what God can do for me. He's my best friend, my greatest treasure, my refuge, my comfort, the joy of my salvation. He's my strength, 
my shield. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He is my everything. I can't stop talking about him. Well, you got my attention the last few minutes, and may the Lord use you to speak for him in a lot more places in years to come. Belma Vardy, coming to us from the province of Ontario. Thank you so much uh, for joining us here on Haven today. It's been great to be with you, Charles. You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my Gaither Vocal Band, you are my all in all. 
here on a Christian's You Should Know program on Haven Today. Thanks to Belma Vardy for joining us on the program and sharing her story of meeting Jesus. You know, the concept of sharing your testimony goes back to the Bible. It's not bragging in and of ourselves, but rather boasting in the good work the Lord has done to transform us into worshipers of Almighty God. And that's why Corey Ten Boom told her story so many times after World War II. Not to bring her fame or glory, but to share how gracious the Lord was in her life through the horrors of World War II. Whether you know her story or not, you're going to be blessed. You're also going to be entertained when you listen to the radio theater version of the Ten Boom family's story called The Hiding Place. We still have this three CD set for your gift to the ministry. I think it's important to look back and remember how the Lord has been with his people through great trials. And this true World War II story of a Christian family who helped rescue Jews from the clutches of the Nazis will greatly encourage you. Our number to call right now is 800 654 2836. That's 800-654-2836. Or visit our website and listen to a sample from this radio drama. Our web address is haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll share another Christian you should know. Here in a program where we share the great story. That's all about Jesus, Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Are you struggling to trust God today? Even in church, there are many who sit in the pews every Sunday morning, but who struggle privately with unbelief. Perhaps you're one of those people. Maybe you know all the right answers. God is good. Jesus died for your sin. God has a plan for your life. And you want to believe those things. But you're not really sure that you do. There was once such a man who encountered Jesus. And yet he begged Jesus to heal his son and freely admitted that he was struggling to believe. He was honest and said, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And Jesus met him where he was. Anchor Devotional can help you take a step closer to Jesus too. Visit GetAnchor.com.